The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 182nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we'll be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of BAM Magazine. Well, my highlight of this Super Bowl week edition of All Around Sports is Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick stepping up to defend themselves and their team and organization against all the haters out there. Uh, resulting from, of course, deflate gate. You know, at some point, you just have to say enough is enough. And to Kraft's and Belichick's credit, they did exactly that. And uh, basically, it just feels like, as we sit here two days before the Super Bowl, that everything is on the line for the Patriots. Their legacy, what they've done for the past 15 years, the fact they haven't won a title in a decade, and it just feels like this is much more than a game. You, you mix in deflate gate to this whole situation, and it just feels like a national referendum on the Patriots, not the Patriots of today, the Patriots of the last 15 years. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing thing. Same, you know, much of what I just said holds true for Tom Brady personally. Uh, his legacy is clearly on the line. I've been saying for years that uh, I compare the Patriots to the San Antonio Spurs Popovich is like Belichick, Brady is like Duncan, both teams won early together, and both had gone about a decade without a championship. The Spurs, of course, put a halt to that uh, when they beat the Miami Heat last year after an excruciating uh, loss two years ago, and I would liken that to the Patriots 
excruciating loss last time they were in Phoenix, which of course was to the Giants. Granted, it wasn't back-to-back years, but trust me, that still sticks with everybody up here. And uh, there'll be a lot of memories when they tune in for kickoff of 2007 and the uh, the quest for the undefeated season that uh, ended that day at the hands of the Giants. So yeah, it's uh, you know there's to say there's a sense of urgency up here in New England would just be an understatement. Um, it's been a great week here in New England. Uh, you know, it's like being like living in a fort, i.e. a snow fort, after Tuesday's record snow. I've never seen the support higher here, as the criticism has never been higher or louder outside the New England region. New Englanders are closing ranks like never before. It's like the Patriots have grown more beloved over the past 10 days, 12 days, I should say, than I've ever seen. And as I said last week's show, you know, the very essence of New Englanders is, uh, is that we can talk about our guys, but others can't. And obviously a lot of other people have been talking about uh, the Patriots in not-so-nice ways since Deflategate. And if you want a great example of exactly what I'm talking about, and you want to laugh as well, last night on Jimmy Kimmel, they did a great thing with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and a few others uh, basically saying they were the ones that deflated the balls. And it's just hilarious. But, of course, Affleck and Damon are native New Englanders and uh, really well done. You should YouTube it. It is hilarious, but it really nails exactly what I'm saying, uh, highlighted by the fact that Tom Brady is practically a godlike figure in these parts, and they really hit this well in this little segment. It was just hilarious, and again, I cannot overemphasize how well that describes the attitudes here in New England. And they've even been raised this week with the record storm. I'm looking at uh, you know two and a half feet of snow. Out my window, 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium. It's been snowing all morning, so uh, it's probably over two and a half feet now. You know, it paralyzed the region, but it also kept everybody inside on Tuesday, which, of course, was media day out in Arizona. And so everybody has just been pretty much stuck inside. State of emergency was declared. Traffic is at epic levels of horror given snowbanks. This is a new one. We've always had snowbanks, but never quite like this. Uh, getting around these snowbanks has just created monstrous traffic jams. Tuesday was the day of the snow. Wednesday, you know, not many people really went back to work. Schools were still called off. And then yesterday, there were just epic traffic jams in New England, all around Boston, because of the snowbanks. Two-lane highways become one-lane highways, and on and on and on. No parking, so the whole thing, it's just a disastrous week. But what it all means is, is that, uh, you know, everybody has just been pretty much housebound, for the most part, or digging out one way or the other. 
And so nonstop coverage, of course, from all the local news stations up here, not to mention the national media, ESPN, what have you, Fox Sports. So everybody has just been, again, just soaking up every little nugget of information that's available. Starting with Media Day, it was great to be able to just, you know, frankly, be stuck in a snowstorm, not able to go anywhere, but have, uh, have Media Day to watch. So uh, it's a well-informed crowd here in New England, and uh, it has just really been uh, just something to behold. Again, the closing ranks, the sense of urgency, uh, and how New Englanders are just, uh, you know, so fired up and uh, just taking this whole thing basically personally. There's still a feeling of, you know, payback is owed from 2007 with the Giants. Like, they just got to get this one. And again, it's much more than a game. It's it's the legacy of the past 15 years. And uh, that leads into my low light of the week, which is the coverage of Tom Brady's cold. Uh, I've been surprised that I have not heard anywhere his comparison with the 2005 AFC title game in Pittsburgh, because I was there in Pittsburgh, uh, when they played the Steelers in Ben's rookie year, Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year, and Brady had a temperature of like 103, 104 degrees. I mean, he was epically sick, much more than the sniffles that he apparently has now. And on the first play of the game, threw a long bomb touchdown to Dion Branch. He played great throughout the game. And uh, I think the last thing New Englanders are worried about uh, is Tom Brady potentially playing with a cold because he has played with much worse. There's been other games, but certainly none that famous. Uh, it was one of his great games. <clears throat> um, that's the year that they beat them and went on to play the Eagles in the Super Bowl, won that, and of course that was their last Super Bowl victory. So again, uh, it's been surprising that I haven't heard any mention of that because Brady is as well known around these parts for playing while under the weather as he is for how good he plays in bad weather. So uh, you can put that subject to rest, that's for sure. Bottom line, at the end of the day, I have no doubts whatsoever spurred on by Deflategate, uh, which is going to draw in a lot of casual fans, more than usual this will easily be the most watched show in television history, and it's going to exceed whatever the high limits, high expectations may have been put out there for viewership. This is going to be the big one, as they say. And uh, so, yeah, it, it should be great. Hard to believe that Belichick and Brady have played in six Super Bowls. That's a remarkable figure. The Pete Carroll storyline, Belichick. Put, took over for Pete Carroll uh, is a big one. Pete Carroll lived in my suburban town here outside Boston. I've interviewed him, wrote a story for the Boston Globe. I'm a big fan. And uh, so I just think that's a great storyline as well. And both Belichick and Pete Carroll did a joint press conference today, side by side, lounge chairs, and were great. They we're oozing mutual respect for each other. So, 
it's uh it's going to be a special special weekend and special night on sunday night as uh really football history is going to get made one way or the other my bizarre story of the week is just watching and sticking with uh phoenix by the way is watching tiger woods struggle i watched a lot of his round yesterday particularly the 16th and uh the 16th hole which is legendary and it's stunning to watch his short game and how he is like doing things that all we duffers do, you know, when he's a couple feet off the green, hitting it to the far side of the green and still a couple feet off on the other side. I mean, just things we never thought we'd see. He's having a very bad day today. I think he's 10 over for the tournament so far. He's on around the 12th hole or thereabouts, uh, had a snowman and eight. Um, so, it's not getting any better today, and I actually heard Golf Channel commentators saying he has a word I never thought I'd hear associated with Tiger, which is the yips. Uh, so it's just remarkable to see, and really kind of sad. So hopefully he can come back from that. Uh, but we shall see. Should be an interesting weekend there, what, uh, although you know clearly he's in danger of missing the cut today. So now, as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, time to pay some bills so let's take our break and next up will be our weekly call-in expert ap studham abama magazine Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. <clears throat> and it's that time of the show, and we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., I don't know if it's a good thing, but you're back here in New England for a first-hand view of all the snow we got. <laughs> yeah, John, it's quite interesting. The, um, in Connecticut, actually, in the roads around here, we're are smooth and it was cleared, but uh, I see there's quite a bit of snow, and uh, you know I guess it's fitting that it's snowing in New England on the weekend. The team's going to Arizona. Exactly, uh, and they have rain out there, so I don't know what's going on there. But uh, rain in the desert, well, we are just uh, literally surrounded by snow. I mean, it's been snowing all morning here. I'm looking at two to two and a half feet out my window as we speak. You didn't get as much down there, did you? No, I think it's around uh, 18 inches or so. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we were the jackpot here, that's for sure. And, and literally <laughs> the very area I live in was, you know, one of the jackpot areas in within New England. So, uh, yeah, Um well, big weekend uh, again, Super Bowl weekend, to say the least. And, uh, you know, I'd love to get your just view from 20,000 feet on, uh, given that you're flying around in this crazy weather we're having uh, back and forth from Alabama to Connecticut. But uh, what's your overall view of the Super Bowl 48 hours ahead of time? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that Seattle defense, and uh, it's pretty tough uh, in you know, I think Brady, what they're going to try to make him do, of course, is to drive the length of the field with those short passes. And, you know, the more plays you run, there's more opportunity to get it, you know, to make a mistake. So, you know, I think that'll be a key for Seattle. And then, conversely, looking at uh, New England, they're, they're going to have to try to stop the Marshall Lynch, you know, in the rushing game and see if they can contain him and hold him under, let's say, 100 yards. They have a chance, I believe. Well, I'd say one thing's for sure. They're going to be facing an angry Marshawn Lynch after the week that he's had. Uh, he finally spoke with some emotion yesterday, and I was watching Media Day. That was the day we got the two feet of snow, and so all of New England was stuck inside. But, hey, if you're going to be stuck inside on Tuesday, what better day than Media Day to have it happen, And uh, especially when uh, your local team is in the Super Bowl. But, you know, I watched him say, you know, 29 times, was it? I'm here just so I don't get fined. And Yeah, right. But, but yesterday, you know, he really came out with some emotion and talked about how, you know, he doesn't understand what, you know, what everybody's trying to get from him, so to speak. And, uh, you know, but it just came across as like, you know, he was very measured in his stock, but he's angry and he may take it out on the field on Sunday. Yeah, uh, he seems like an angry person to me. I guess something he found in his childhood, something I don't know. But it, it, I, I, I think 
he's created, he creates all that stir, I think it's self-induced a lot of times because I think if he just answers some football questions and shows that he can engage in a conversation about the game that he's playing, uh, I think everything would be fine. But for some reason, he's, he has this attitude where he's going to shield himself from any questions about the game of football and, and everything off the field, I guess, which is fine. I mean, if you don't want to talk about things off the field, I, can, I respect those, that, that, that opinion. But uh, it's, just, it's just a game that kids play every day and college kids answer questions, high school kids, you know, all these professional people that they're, you know, you're, you're trying to just make people enjoy the Super Bowl and they want to hear from the people that are playing the game. That's exactly right. Uh, it's who he is, you and I being in the media and for years and being in many, many locker rooms, uh, you know, we, we know how these things can, uh, no pun intended, snowball. And it's, you know, snowballing in the opposite direction when, you know, again, he could literally just uh, say a couple of sentences and, and that would be that. I mean, everybody would just leave him alone. It's really that simple. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah I think you're, you, you, you uh, characterize that accurately. I mean, I think he's really, he seems kind of self-absorbed. Like he was the first person to play the Super Bowl, first person to yeah, a football superstar. I mean, I, I don't, I don't quite understand the rule with this issue. You know, what you like Pete Carroll said at that path, at, at the middle of the field there when he met Harbaugh that time. And what's his deal? <laughs> what's his deal? Good point. A uh, perfect way of saying it. Uh, what's your deal? Uh, Pete's famous line to Jim Harbaugh <laughs> after the USC Stanford game. Uh, yeah, a few years back, but. Yeah, I guess another way I would characterize it pretty simply is, is, you know, Marshawn Lynch doesn't want to talk. But if he said he's probably had to speak, we'll just throw out there a hundred sentences this week. If he did what we're talking about, which is simply answer a couple questions, very matter-of-factly about football, he probably could have gotten away with, you know, saying a total of ten sentences. You know, so he, he's like in a weird way, like his own worst enemy, like his not wanting to talk is causing him to have to talk more. So it's just kind of bizarre. Yeah. And, and you can, if you don't want to answer a particular question, you could say, you know, I don't care to answer the question. Somebody will, and somebody will jump right in and ask another one. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we've, we've been in many, many media throngs, you and I, so we know how it works. And, uh, you know, the the media is very quick to move on to the next. To, to the, the media is very quick to move on to the next guy, to say the least. Uh, but you know, you brought up first uh, when thinking about the game, describing the game. Uh, you brought up, uh, you know, the Seattle defense and specifically their pass rush. Uh, you know, I just heard a very interesting statistic within the past hour that, you know, neither team, especially the Seahawks, but neither team is in, like, the top half of the league in sacks. There's one way to get to Tom Brady, you know, to stop him from being Tom Brady, which is, you know, a rush up the middle as opposed to the edge. And, uh, you know, not that an edge rush is, is you know, is something he he doesn't mind, but you know it's the rush in the face right up the middle, and that's the game could be decided if Seattle's getting. That's the way I look at it. It's very simple. If if Seattle is getting that rush uh, 
in his face, right up the middle, then that could, you know, swing the game. Uh, that's the way I look at it. Uh, but it's all about pressure. Brady's no different than any other quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just waiting to see, you know, and it feels like, you know, Bobby Wagner is going to be the guy that's going to be, uh, you know, in the middle of all that. Uh, you know, Seattle was a different defense when he wasn't there. And since he's returned, no coincidence is when they've gone on this streak. So I think that uh, he, as opposed to all the huge names on both teams, on both sides of the ball, I think he could be the key to the game, actually. Yeah, he's quite a difference maker for them. And, uh, you know, the, the key point that you, you mentioned, John, was that rush up the middle. I mean, quarterbacks, they're not like they have somebody coming right at their face. It affects their footwork. It affects their release. It affects their uh, follow-through. And consequently, you're not as accurate. You're, you're throwing, uh, you know, your timing is not good. So the, that, that rush up, up the middle is is crucial uh, more than on the edge, I believe. And, and uh, so if they, if they can come up with some kind of, you know, rush up the middle. They also have a lot of success defensively. And Bobby Wagner, you know, it's great to have him back. He, he's off. Yeah, one of the good things about this Super Bowl is, you know, which is just how you want it, both teams are super healthy. Um, and, you know, I, in my mind, that's what you want. You're going to see both teams' bests out there. There's, you know, other than both teams having lost, as every team does, some guys on injured reserve earlier in the year, uh, there is nobody on either team, to my knowledge, that's out for this game. We both know that, you know, Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas have injuries left over from the NFC title game over the victory over Green Bay. But, uh, and if something happens to either or both of them, that will swing the game decidedly in New England's favor, to put it mildly. Oh, oh yeah, those two guys are, are uh, fantastic for Seattle, and I don't think they can win without you know those two guys being on the field. Exactly. The other lineup, the other matchup that just intrigues me and everybody is, uh, you know, Cam Chancellor ostensibly being on Gronkowski. Uh, aside from pass rush up the middle to Brady, from the Patriots' point of view, the second most important aspect of the game is Gronk. You know, he is he is the ultimate game changer. But yet, you know, if you had to look out on the horizon, and I would have said this before, uh, two weeks ago when these two teams settled as the Super Bowl uh, matchup, that, you know, Cam Chancellor, because of his size, is the one guy that, you know, looks like he could stop Gronkowski one-on-one if they go man-to-man on him. Yeah, he's a big football player, John. You know, six foot three, 230 pounds. You don't, you don't find strong safeties in the league with, with those physical statistics. Uh, and he definitely can bring down Gronkowski by himself. So, yeah, that, that's another matchup that will determine the outcome of the game, I believe. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I have no doubts. Uh, you know, that could be a great one. Uh, you know, and I'm very intrigued to see, you know, how that might unfold. Because Gronk, let's make no mistake about it, is uh, he's a beast in and of his own right, to put it mildly. Um, 
<clears throat> just before we close for this segment, looks like Roger Goodell has just stepped to the podium to begin his State of the NFL address. I've attended about five or six of these over the last decade or so in person. Uh, but there's never been one like this one, that's for sure, uh, <laughs> given the present state of affairs and what's gone on this year. So, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, I'm, let's just say I'm DVRing it, and the minute the show's over, uh, I'll be getting right to it. But it's underway, and again, this may be, you know, the most important uh, press conference of Roger Goodell's career. So, uh, occurring as the show goes on. If they have any, obviously I can't listen to it, but if there's any crawlers across the bottom of uh, fascinating statements he may say, uh, we'll bring them to our listeners. But for now, let's take our break and lots more football on the other side. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we talked in the previous segment about uh, New England's offense versus Seattle's defense, but we didn't touch really on Seattle's offense against New England's defense. Uh, What are your thoughts on that matchup? Well, the first thing that caught my eye was the Marshawn Lynch statistic that he broke a league leading 88 tackles. And so he averaged another almost three yards after contact. 
but you know, so that's establishing the next one running back. But the Patriots are one of the top ten teams against the run, uh, holding uh, you know people to about four yards carry, less than four yards carry. So, so I mean, if they can have some success stopping the run, that's an advantage to the Patriots because they have those excellent cornerbacks. And Seattle's receivers are, you know, not NFL Pro Bowl type calibers. Yeah, and that could really be the key. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, let's start with Vince Wilfork. I mean, Vince Wilfork is an absolute superstar. Patriots dearly missed him last year. He's back. He's healthy. He's had a great return from his Achilles injury. And, you know, if you're looking where, if you're looking to build the foundation of how you stop Marshawn Lynch, I think you would start with a Vince Wilfork at 375 pounds, and athletic to boot, by the way. And what I, I, you know, another guy that doesn't get all that much credit, but is really like the ultimate playmaker for the Patriots is Rob Ninkovich, great linebacker, and uh, but I, I think the key to to Lynch. Stopping Lynch could be, you know, the Patriots uh, have their own physical corners. I mean, uh, Brandon Browner is, we talked about Kim, Cam Chancellor, but Brandon Browner is every bit his size and uh, very, very physical. And Darrell Rivas, he's Darrell Rivas. Um, he is a tough guy. The Patriots have two really tough corners who will not in any way shy away from head-to-head contact with uh, taking on Marshawn Lynch, that's for sure. No, I mean, that's the, I would say the Patriots defense, that's their strength, those cornerbacks. I mean, those are two excellent football players and they're both physical as well and of course, Revis, I mean, they're a better cover person than him. I mean, Richard Sherman, I guess he he has his Abilities quite strongly and specifically, but you know, Revis is, is just as good, not better. So, you know, that's an advantage. They can stop that run. The Patriots are going to be in a good position to, you know, force Russell Wilson to win that game, in which he can, but uh, uh, I think the Patriots would like to welcome that opportunity to have him throw the football. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Marshawn Lynch, you know be it the famous New Orleans run or the equally famous one from a few weeks ago against the Cardinals near the end of the season. Uh, my visual of Marshawn Lynch is basically running over cornerbacks or safeties. And he's certainly not going to run over those two cornerbacks. And, you know, the Patriots safeties are also pretty good too. And specifically Patrick Chung is excellent against the run. And, uh, and Devin McCourty, again, you know, tough guy. He's really blossomed. He's become just a star and a leader of that defense. So, uh, you know, you know, and, and that's where, you know, everybody has trouble with Marshawn Lynch. If he breaks through the, you know, the first line of defense he, and gets back into those the defensive backfield, then he's just nearly impossible to deal with. But yet the Patriots look as capable as any team out there of dealing with them back there, If you know. You know, and that's just, we're talking about, you know, making, stopping him, his runs at whatever, 10, 12 yards versus 60 or 70 and those famous runs that we think of when we think of Lynch. Right, yeah, so, I mean, those are, you know, Bill Belichick, he, he's, 
one of the best coaches in the league of game playing, and then even if something is going wrong to begin the game, he can make the adjustments. He's fantastic. And, and that, you know, capacity. So, you know, these are two great teams, you know, you know, two very good teams, and we'll see what happens uh, this Sunday. Exactly. So I'm looking at Roger Goodell speak with the sound off, and they have a crawler with Goodell said, we take seriously anything that impacts the integrity of the game. So clearly he must be talking about deflate gate. And, uh, but, you know, back to the game. Um, the other area that, you know, is worth discussing is, of course, special teams. Let's face it, Seattle won that Green Bay game in, in the most improbable fashion imaginable. But... The biggest reason, in my mind, was clearly special teams, whether it was the uh, fake field goal where the punter, who, by the way, was very athletic, uh, you know, made the great pass. And I saw him interviewed today on Fox Sports, and he was terrific talking about where he had the option to run or pass, but he chose to to run. And by the way, he doesn't look like a punter. He, he was in very good shape, to put it mildly. And then, and then, of course, the uh, you know the, the onside kick um, that they recovered to basically uh, you know give themselves the chance to win. If they don't recover it, the game's over. So yeah, and then the kicker, by the way, Stephen Hauschka is from the next town over from me, two towns away from me, like 15 minutes from here, which is uh, Needham, Massachusetts. So he grew up a Patriots fan, as is his family. But obviously, obviously not not on Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, special <laughs> yeah, they, teams. They're, they're going to switch allegiance for a good reason. I, I understand. So yeah, there's always those those type of stories that somebody goes up and ends up getting drafted by another team, and you end up facing that team in the Super Bowl. You know, so that's always interesting to look back and you know talk to that person about his childhood and we rooted for, and he ends up facing that team. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and certainly Stephen Hauska fits that perfectly. He's out at the other side of the country. Uh, but, you know, let's face it, he grew up here. So he's lived the Patriots experience of the last 15 years. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. But, you know, if ever a game looks like it could come down to special teams, i.e. it's going to be a close game and it could be, you know, a field goal victory, uh, this game certainly has that strong possibility, I would say, with the with both teams' defenses. Yeah, it'd be... I mean, I'd be shocked, John, if if one special team ran a trick play and it succeeded, wouldn't you? I mean, at this stage of the game? Exactly, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, hey, I would love it. I, I think it's, you know... One of the more intriguing Super Bowl matchups ever. I really do. When you factor in the history and whatnot, and you know, I talked a little bit about the, at the beginning about you know just the importance of this game from the Patriots' point of view, which is easy for me to do being up here in New England. Which is simply that you know it just feels like everything is on the line for the Patriots, like not the season, but the last 15 years, it just feels like it's a national referendum, you know, 
New Englanders are up here and it's like we build a fort around New England. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's the all time us against the world, you know, set up between, you know, fans and team versus the outside world. And, uh, yeah, I'd just love to know your thoughts on that. It just feels like, again, it's the Belichick-Brady legacy. It's Tom Brady being potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. It's, you know, like the San Antonio Spurs winning a title a decade after winning, a, winning you know, uh, the first handful and uh, then doing it again at the end of the career, so to speak. And there just seems to be so much more of a historical legacy from the Patriots' point of view uh, than any game I can remember, really. John, I think you're correct. There's, there's a huge question mark since they have not won in, I guess, it's a decade or so, a Super Bowl, although they've appeared in, in uh, multiple times. So there's a huge question mark, and you could define it with a win, which would be the ultimate exclamation point. Exactly. You know, and even though the win you know, may have an, you know, around the country, people may question it an asterisk, so to speak, you know, at least to people outside New England, New Englanders are not going to hear, you know, they just won't care. I mean, it'll, no, you know, debate will be settled and, you know, Brady will be the greatest quarterback ever. The Patriots dynasty, you know, Four Super Bowls, which matches Steelers and a few others, uh, you know, Steelers and Niners. Um, what doesn't match them, the Steelers have more. But, um, you know, when you factor in, you know, the 15, the past 15 years, all the accomplishments, the domination, you know, New Englanders will absolutely say greatest dynasty in the history of the NFL. Uh, while outside, it will be questioned outside New England. So there, there's just a sense of urgency around this game you know, that I can't ever recall. And, you know, to add on top of it, the cherry on the Sunday, so to speak, is, is, is that, you know, it's being played out in Phoenix in the same stadium where the Patriots lost their chance for immortality in the undefeated season. Yeah, the, the Patriots, I mean, with, with Tom Brady winning, let's say, on Sunday, it's over a, a span of time that, I don't think it's happened for any other franchise or a quarterback. Uh, you know, that combination of a quarterback and a franchise winning over that span of time. So it'd be unique, and uh, he'd be winning it with so many different players from different eras, uh, and that'd be special in its own right. Well, exactly, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's just, again... Uh, you know, more on the line than just about any game I can remember for, uh, you know, for all the reasons we've just discussed. So it's just going to be tremendous theater. And, you know, again, I, to this day, ever since they lost the Giants, every time, and I've said this on the show before, every time I see a game from that stadium, I can't help but think back to that loss to the Giants. And, uh, so, yeah, well, we're going to have about four hours of that on Sunday. So, uh, <laughs> again, but let's just say there's no better, there's no place that New Englanders would rather see the Patriots literally exercise all their demons, including the ones of the last two weeks, than in uh, Phoenix. But with that said, 
It's time for our final break, and I know you're sticking around, and we'll talk a little more football on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend, as if I have to say it, for appointment viewing is obviously the Super Bowl <laughs> at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. And A.P., uh, believe it or not, the Super Bowl is not the only sports event occurring in Phoenix. There's the uh, legendary Waste Management Open in Tiger Woods is just a mess. There's no other way to say it. I saw something about a half an hour ago that he is in last place for this tournament at this moment or as of a half an hour ago. Uh, AP, I don't know what your golf game is like, but uh, his golf game looks like my golf game around the greens. His, His chipping is just something I never thought I'd witness in my life. John, I don't know if he's ever been in last place, has he, in a tournament like that? It's a great point. I, I, I was startled to see it. I knew he was having a bad round. I watched a fair amount of it yesterday. And uh, trust me, uh, listeners, there's when, when you're surrounded by two feet of snow, that's how you end up watching golf on a Thursday. <laughs> that, that's how desperate we've gotten up here. And... Uh, you know, but it was entertaining. Um, but no, he's uh, I, he, again. He looks like you know millions of us who hack around 
the golf course a few times each summer and uh it's just unbelievable you know he's like three feet off the green and they'll go to chip up and he, he's literally and this goes back to the you know the, the the golf uh tournament in orlando a couple months ago um when he had an equally bad situation but you know he'll literally hit it like over the green you know so that he's three four four feet off the green hits his chip or a putter and it goes to the other side of the green where he is then still four feet off the green and again that's the kind of stuff that you know i do <laughs> and, and millions <laughs> and millions like me do so uh you know, but that's not the only problem. He's just there's lots of issues. He's it, but you said it perfectly. I don't know if he's ever been in last place. That's a great point. I was, again, it got my attention. It like jumped off the screen at me. I think he's ten over for the tournament, eight over today, including a snowman, meaning an eight on one hole. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just cra- crazy to watch. Yeah, I, I think this is is worse nine hole uh score he's ever had. Really? I think wow. so. Yeah. I, you know, I think I'm reading that on Friday. Holy cow. And well. he's only missed the cut, I think. Uh this was like the thirteenth time in his uh career. Hmm. You know, quickly back to Roger Goodell switching subject giving his state of the NFL address. There's a quote here that they're showing, we've all done a lot of soul-searching, starting with yours truly. So, wow, that's a pretty uh, intriguing statement, to say the least. Um, From Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, giving his annual State of the NFL address, which is a press conference. Uh, The room, I think, has eight or 900 seats in it. So, no doubt there's well over 1,000 people I've... I've sat in on this Friday address five or six times in the past decade, so never been one like today. So I'm anxious to uh, you know to listen to it after the show. But uh, yeah, um, it is interesting. Uh, we'll see see what he has to say. I, I am dying to know, as are millions of others who I'm sure are watching. Uh, hey, AP. Uh, We've been covered a lot of football, and you were at the last football game played that I'm aware of, which was the Senior Bowl last Saturday down in Mobile, Alabama. How was um, that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a good day down there. Down a little, a little chilly, but it was bright and sunny. And the North took command of the game, and went 33 to 13. Uh, I, I was there to watch four Alabama players, Blake Sounds, and. Two offensive linemen, Ari Quanjo, is a guard, and Austin Shepard played right tackle at Alabama. But, they, but Ari Quanjo and Austin Shepard, they switched out of the left guard position all through the game. Then Charleston followed the fullback, which is, I think, the best of the four uh, you know, candidates for the NFL. He, he's the top-rated guy out of that, that quartet. There was available to play in the senior bowl. I mean, that's not including the Mark Cooper, of course, junior eligible players. But, but Justin, uh, he's got the ability as a running back. He can play the H-back position. He has soft hands. He's a good runner, but uh, he, he came in surprisingly about 10 to 15 pounds of weight at 5'11", 264. Wow. Is that right? You sure did. So he's got to reaffirm his commitment to the game, and that's what he told me. Uh, the scouts 
and some of the NFL personnel told him during the week. Interesting. Wow. Well, all in all, I know you spent some time at the practices and things like that. You know, what's your overall take on the Senior Bowl? It seems like it really, you know, I watched some of the game, by the way. I tuned in and, uh, you know, it just seems like a great take, uh, like uh, kind of like a cut above some of the all- other all-, all other college all-star games that are out there. Yeah, John, it really is because you have hundreds of NFL personnel that are are present during the week, and Phil Savage, you know, was a former general manager at Cleveland, so he understands the importance of being able to have access to the players. And all during the week, and at the hotel, if you you're in the lobby, scouts are just grabbing the individual players and sitting down and interviewing them. So there's 110 players and hundreds of NFL personnel. It's really the best opportunity. It's better than the combine because you have about 15 minutes, and there's 300 or so players there. But so you can talk to these guys uh, multiple times and really get a sense of uh, that person individually, and then you get to watch them practice every day. So, yeah, that's a very unique experience, and uh, the, the Senior Bowl caters to the NFL uh, teams to try to give them the best advantage to evaluate talent. Interesting. Well, with Phil Savage running it, I'm not surprised, but it was fun to watch, and you know, glad you were able to make it. Uh, you know, we're down here to our last minute, but one story that caught my eye as being pretty unusual was Duke suspending Suleiman, um, who's been with the team for, you know, three, four years, good player. And I was just really surprised to see that. I mean, you talk about unusual things, uh, the wording of him, you know, not being on the team. Uh, Krzyzewski said, unable to consistently live up to the standards required to be a member of our program. That was a pretty strange situation, it seems, to me. Yeah, uh, that's something you rarely see. Uh, and I'm not sure, you know, I haven't delved into that that much, John, to give you a real good opinion about it. Well, the reason's not out there. Uh, what I read is exactly all that's known. And I say it only in the light of, I want to give a shout-out here to Coach K for winning at th- his 1,000th game. I watched that last Sunday. Great theater, Madison Square Garden. If it wasn't Cameron, it was the perfect place for him to do it. And uh, But, you know, Suleiman played in that game. I mean, he's you know one of those guys, like so many Duke guys, whose name you become familiar with because they play in so many big games over so many years that you just get familiar with it, and then this just come out like a bombshell. But, uh, again, the, 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 there's, no, there's nothing more out there than what I just said. Just That's it. He's off the team, and that's the end of the story, and nobody knows why exactly. But, anyway, AP, uh, enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. It should be historic, and I can't wait to talk with you about it next week. Yeah, thank you, John. And I know you're up there with all the New England Patriots fans, and they're looking to add to their legacy. And uh, it should be one very good football game, hopefully. Oh, yeah, it's going to be memorable. I, I just have no doubts. So uh, I said that walking into the AFC title game at Gillette Stadium two weeks ago, and uh, I certainly had that right. It may not have been memorable on the field, but the aftermath <laughs> has been truly memorable, to put it mildly. I can always say I was at the Deflategate game. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks again for calling in, AP. And uh, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.